Welcome to Midpoint, OCC's midweek podcast aimed at helping you connect with last week's message and prepare you for next week's sermon. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Midpoint, your midweek connection to Orchards Community Church. My name is Brenton. I'm the worship pastor and I'm here with James and we are talking about your previous sermon. If you haven't heard it, it is up on uh, our podcast, so you can just look at the episode before this one. I heard it. You heard it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you hear your own sermons? Like, I, I mean, that sounds that sounds like accusatory. It's yeah. not, but every now and again, I will go back and listen t- to see. Hey, did that come across the way that I meant it to? But mm-hmm. Most of the time, I leave it alone because I don't know if there's a lot of value at that point. <laughs> like, it's already out there. Probably should have said this. Yeah. Better. Do you do you listen or do you watch it? I watch it. I, okay. I go back and watch it. Yeah. Okay. I, I've, I've watched a couple times recently over the last several weeks because, and this is goofy, this is not where we were planning on starting whatsoever, I'm just self-conscious about the crutch. I'm like, I, I bet I look mm. silly out there. And I've watched it, I was like, okay, it doesn't look that bad. No, you don't look bad. Yeah. But then I use it as a pointer, and then I'm like, well, that was silly. <laughs> just waving it around. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Well, I, I, I was at the end of the service yesterday. Again, not where we're planning on starting. Um, I love to worship, you know, and, yeah. and so I came out at the end of the Monday night service, <laughs> and like I, at one point in time, I raised my hands and I realized <laughs> I raised the crutch. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it or not, <laughs> but I was like, okay, that probably looks silly, you know. And so I'm glad I didn't see yeah. that. I probably yeah, would have lost. Might have got you on that yeah. one, but I mean, I did. It was it's it kind of stuck to my arm. It sleeves onto my forearm, and I just raised my hands and yeah. I was like, I bet this looks silly. Yeah. And I put my hand down immediately. It would have been funnier if you lifted it up and then you just tilted it over. <laughs> Oh, I forgot I was using that. <laughs> Thankfully, I am stable enough on my feet that I didn't do that. Oh, oh so your sermon was titled "Reaching the Wise for Jesus." Yeah, wise in quotation marks. Yeah. yeah. So, give us a, a little like why? Why did you title it that way? Well, and and why was the wise in quotation marks? Here's the deal. How do you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, there there are people. I mentioned talking to. I've talked to farmers here in the LC Valley who are some of the smartest guys I know. They're not the most educated guys I know, but they are just so stinking wise. And some of it's experience, some of it's practical living, things they picked up. So there's a difference to me on somebody who's wise versus somebody who's educated or somebody who has great intellect. But the reality is it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like We're supposed to share the gospel with everybody. And so if you run into somebody who's, you know, the, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, I don't want, I don't want to be mean or anything. That person needs to know Jesus as well as the guy who's supremely yeah. intellectual. So in that, it's just that Paul happened to be in Athens, which was the educational, the intellectually elite center of the day. And so he was going to meet with people who thought they were all that. Yeah. And so I think he does give us a good model for, hey, here's how you do that. Here's yeah. how you interact with these people. But it was more the the practicality of it. Find a, a good commonality that you have. Find, yeah. find a way to be able to leverage the things that you know and recognize if you know Jesus and they don't, you know the most important thing. Yeah. And they certainly don't know that. So it's a neat passage, fun passage. But that's And cool. so wise was in quotation marks because yeah. they're not wise or well, they're wise in the Wise was things. in quotation marks because they certainly thought they were wise gotcha. in all things, but they were literally following idols. They were yeah. literally walking down a path that leads not to eternal life, mm-hmm. but eternal separation. Yeah. Well, that's not wise. Yeah. 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 I, it made me think about when I worked um, for uh, a state water contractor uh, in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I went into ministry, and I worked with geologists, hydrologists, um, uh, financial people, like, I mean, they're just very, very smart people, yeah. master's degrees, um, and th- they were, you know, I mean, trying to talk to them about 
hey, you know, let me talk to you about Jesus. And they're like, dude, Genesis, like, I have a problem. And I'm like, okay, uh, let me let me talk to you about creation and let me talk to you about, you yeah. know, some of the and it's like, man, it was so intimidating though sure. to talk and to I these that, very yeah. smart people. Um, and even like my wife in the in the medical, medical field, field she, yeah. working with doctors and surgeons, some of the brightest people. Uh, luckily, a lot of them were, or the ones that we knew very well were Christian. Yeah. But there were some that's just like, man, how intimidating would that be to have that conversation with some of the brightest minds you would ever run across mm-hmm. and then talk to them about, you know, th- this faith. And it really, for me, it like made me have to really believe what I was believing and and like stand up for it. And, you know, it it would challenge me because I'm like... Which again, I think is part of the deal. We are supposed to be able to have evidence to support the things that we believe in. Yeah. I've talked to people in the medical field and and as we talked (laughs) at length before we started recording, I am squeamish and I'm I'm not ever going to be cut out for that. Yeah. People who are, that's amazing. But I've talked to people who struggled with a boss, uh, another doctor, a mm-hmm. coworker who had that, what you call the God complex. Well, I can save lives and I can do this and I can do that. And they really start to think way too highly of themselves mm-hmm. in God's sovereign plan. Yeah. And I get it. Like if you did that, if you literally saved somebody's life on the operating table, th- that's, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty it. impressive. I'll get that. Yeah. Do you remember where that fits in God's economy and how God gave you the ability mm-hmm. to do that? That's tricky. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. But it made me, I mean, I was really thankful because it, it was like, do you really believe this? Like, are you bold enough in your faith to just say, yes, this is what I believe? And to and, defend it and support it, yeah. Yeah, and even lose. Like, yeah. really to to go up to some of these people that are brilliant minds and go, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to explain that. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for that. Um, I can try to look and find an answer because I'm not going to believe blindly. Yeah. But I believe what I believe, and I, I'm pretty sure there's an answer that would answer your you know, your question or whatever it was. So, yeah. but it was, it was a, it was a hard line for, yeah, yeah. In the it, sand it, for it's me. gotta be humbling to be mm-hmm. able to step in and go, I don't have all the answers, but I believe God does. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, was there anything that you left out that you wanted to talk about? Well, there, I'm struggling right now and I'm struggling even looking forward to the teaching calendar for this year. There's some big chunks of scripture that when you walk through the way we do, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, you're going to leave stuff on the table. Yeah. I was just taking notes. I uh, was listening to a sermon and thinking about preaching about Paul in Corinth this next week, and I was like, I'm not going there. Like, mm. I, I truly believe that um, when Paul arrives in Corinth, he talks about Silas and Timothy coming to see him, and he was talking about that in Athens, too. I believe Silas and Timothy came to, to Athens. I believe it's super easy to report in Scripture, and then they, he sent him out again. And so, but I'm not going to have time to spend on that in the sermon. It takes mm-hmm. too long to support it. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe that'll be a midpoint question. So, you know, because truly I, I think what happened is Silas and Timothy arrived and Paul has this great pastoral heart and he's like, man, I'm glad you guys are here, but could you go check on the church in Philippi? Could you go check on the church in Thessalonica? And they went to do that. And now Paul was alone again. Mm-hmm. And that's when he arrives in Corinth. I don't think I've got time to walk through. All, I, okay. I may, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, still yeah. so early in the process. I really don't start writing until tomorrow. But I don't think I'm going to have time for it. Like, there's so much else going yeah, on sure. in that passage. So that's one of those you just got to leave on the table. If we really want to correlate Scripture, if we want to study well, we can find all that stuff on our own. Yeah. I mean, you can go back and read those, you know, the, the letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, Thessalonica, and Philippi, and Ephesus. All those have the information in there. Yeah. We just got to kind of put the timeline together. So there's always a few things you got to leave on the table. I mentioned earlier that the study through Paul, I think, really being prepared to deal with these people in Athens 
and, and quoting this poetry from these other writers of the time mm-hmm. to be able to say, man, they were close. They, they were talking about you know a, a polytheistic God, but if they'd been talking about the one true God, they would have nailed it. Yeah. Like that was so incredibly useful for Paul to leverage that stuff. I don't know if we give that enough credit, but I mean, that, that's really neat. If you're going to argue, let's talk about the medical field. Yeah. If you know some things about the medical field, if you, if you do the work, if you put in the research and yeah. say, well, when you do this, when you do that, I think that builds a bridge to yeah. a lot of people like that. Are we willing to put in the time? Because if we just go and saying, well, I'm right and you're wrong, how are we any different from the person who's arguing that towards us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it did leave some things on the table, but. Some of it is literally just due to time. These, these are big chunks of scripture we are studying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you only have, what, 35, 40 I'm, I'm minutes? I'm trying to shoot 40 minutes, and that, that gets... Sometimes little... 43, you know, if you want to go. I, I, I bleed a little over, <laughs> and we make fun of it every week, but I know it's true. Uh, was there a specific verse or verses that stuck out to you as, as kind of like the, the hinge point of the passage? The thing that I think drove it more than anything was that that quote that I read in the in the Bible knowledge commentary, you were more likely to run into a god in Athens than a man. That was how depraved kind of that area was. Mm-hmm. 30,000 idols, 10,000 people. That, that's just weird. Now, I don't know that anybody's wanting to try and count the idols <laughs> that we have sure. today, and we got a great question about idol worship. But but in that, these people were, were and, and again, it ends up coming up in the passage later, you know, there were people who were looking for God, but they were looking in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. God still is the one who draws people to himself. God is near, as the passage said. And so if we're elect, if we're going to wind up in heaven, God's going to save us somehow. But these people were so far afield. And it's easy to happen when we start elevating things above the one true God. Yeah. And so that, that's I think that's a great challenge for us to think about. And I don't know that people you know, would even accuse themselves of being idol worshipers. But man, we place a lot of things that take a lot of time that that redirect our focus that should be towards God. Yeah, we've all got those in our lives. Yeah. If we're honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I forgot somebody said that to me, and it was just like, oh, that's an idol in your life. And it was like, I have idols in my life. Oh no, <laughs> I'm I'm worshiping false gods. And then it was just like, oh yeah, oh there's another one. Oh, you know? <laughs> what do you know? I just found three more. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any anything? I have a couple questions that I want to ask you, and then we can go into oh goodness, the, okay, yeah, yeah, other questions. And, but because I was blown away because we had a record number of, of yeah. questions submitted yeah, by the we body. Had so four. I mean, some of them had several parts, yeah, but, but four, four really questions. neat questions from four different yeah. people in the body. So yeah. which I did want to point out mm-hmm. when Wesley and I preached mm-hmm. and we did our WB show, we didn't have any questions. And it's because we nailed it. Yeah. And so I'm thinking you just oh, need to preach better. That's that's really probably exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. If I would have been clearer. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. Humbling. I, you know. I mean, you'll get better. You'll get better. You know. You'll get there. I appreciate you. <laughs> as iron sharpens iron. I appreciate you. Wesley said that as we were walking out. I was like, man, we got four. And he goes, Man, James needs to preach better. <laughs> I was going uh, to credit you on that, but yeah, I'll credit Wesley. Thank yeah, you. That, was, that was Wesley. <laughs> you can fire him. Uh, okay, so you said that Paul didn't use scripture to talk to philosophers. Yeah. Right? I well, mean, he, yeah. he did, but he didn't. Like, that was not his main yeah. argument. And so uh, a question would be, is it okay to preach the gospel without using scripture? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the part. And, and again, seriously, I, I, I could preach better. If, if I was what, kidding. I think yeah, you do a great no, job. But, but if what somebody took away was, hey, Paul wasn't talking about the Bible, he was, and, and I referenced that later, he basically summarized a, a couple centuries of the movement of God's people by saying, hey, God rises up nations and he lowers nations. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's what you see throughout. I mean, like literally from Persia to Greece to yeah. Rome to, you know, I mean, it's God, you know, in this plan. Well, goodness, it started with the Assyrians, and the Babylonians. It goes on and on and on and yeah. on. Well, that's God sovereignly, you know, putting people in charge and taking people out. Paul summarized it in a sentence, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, well, that was pretty good, Paul. That's now, but but that's the kind of thing. Like he's sovereign over those things. He sees those things. So as Paul was explaining this to these people, it wasn't that he wasn't using scripture. He just wasn't quoting scripture. Okay, and that's the part that I probably could have made clear. Gotcha. He didn't say, hey, in Isaiah 53 it says this, or in Psalm 16 it says this. He didn't point specifically to verses of scripture, but he was certainly painting from the broad brushstroke of gotcha. God's in charge of all this stuff. And if you'd read those 39 books, I mean, if you'd read the Old Testament, this is what you'd see. And so you know, I guess that's kind of the, the crux of the question. Was he using Scripture? Yeah. He was pointing to God's story. Yeah. But he wasn't quoting Scripture or pointing people directly to a passage. Yeah. And we can do that today. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're... I want to be careful how I say this. I think sometimes we might be better off doing that. Because if you paint the picture of, hey, God's at work and he's been at work throughout history in this way... Yeah. I think people can can maybe rationalize that or fathom that better than, hey, look at this verse, and be like, well, I don't believe the Bible. Well, the story I'm telling you without quoting Scripture is from the Bible, and you're, yeah. you're willing to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, again, maybe we're just leveraging God's Word in a different way. But, yeah. but that's really what I was trying to say was Paul didn't say, hey, look at this chapter, look at this verse. Yeah, he was using the truth from Scripture yes. to... To paint that story. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and literally, like he did. He just kind of summarized a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that takes you knowing the scriptures. You, you got to well. be a great student of scripture, and that's why I say I was blown away by that. You know, where, where he literally kind of summarized centuries of God's movement in a couple sentences, and you're like, "That's pretty cool." Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned that everything is a gift from God, and yeah. and that that part in your sermon, and I was just I don't know I wanted to talk about that just because I struggle with that of, of just thinking. Um, you know, you you were talking about the wise person and how you know. Well, you you know, going back to the surgeon, you saved that person's life. Well, you know, well, that's God allowed you to do that. And he, well, no, well, I did that. I was holding the scalpel or I was doing whatever. And I know theologically we can go, well, who gave you the scalpel? Who brought yeah. you? You know, who who brought you up? Who raised you? Who formed you in the womb? Like all of those things. Like I get that. Yeah. But it's still really hard with. Oh yeah. Like it. It seems like there's a duality of. I work and I produce and I gain and I earn. Yes, but every breath is a, is by the grace of God, and every blessing and um, where I am is guided by the Holy Spirit and and God's sovereignty. So, how do you? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the question. How do you? How do you balance God? I, I mean, because yeah. that, that's just something practically we have to think about. God's sovereign and in charge of all things, and yet He gives me skills, gifts, abilities, free will. And how do those things align? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough <laughs> to figure all that out. But there's a, a part of our humility. There's a part of w- where we just rid ourselves of hubris and think that we're doing all this mm-hmm. and realize, no, you're the one who provides all those opportunities. And and I mean, that, that kind of, in a big picture sense, is taught over and over and over in Scripture. Hey, you got to die to yourself. You got to quit thinking that you're accomplishing all these things yeah. and realize God is the one. And, and that is one of the hardest things, I think, especially oh, yeah. for people who are super accomplished or people who are very intelligent. They're like, well, I did this, you know? Truly, no. <laughs> Truly, God did that through you. Will you be willing to recognize that? It's never that we shouldn't take the victory lap and go, man, it is really cool. You know, they go. Yeah. I, one of the neat things about even looking into this week, 
Paul hits Corinth and he's pretty worn out and he's pretty discouraged. And I don't think that's ever kind of the way we think of Paul because, you know, he's our champion for the New Testament and, he, you know, hero of the faith. And, and that's great. But Paul was a dude just like you and I. Yeah. And and if you if every town you went into, they tried to kill you and, <laughs> and threw you out of town, I think you'd be discouraged yeah. too, you know? And so there's some extenuating circumstances that are even tougher for Paul here as he goes into Corinth. But that's kind of the deal. Well, what if Paul thought, well, I'm doing all this because I'm the greatest, you know? Well, then it's super easy to lose heart yeah. <laughs> because as soon as you run into a roadblock, oh, yeah. you're like, well, I guess I'm not the greatest anymore. It actually is comforting to realize, hey, even these obstacles, even these things that step in my path, God's providing those so that I will lean in on him. I love the proverb, and, and it's one that a lot of people are familiar with. But, you know, this, hey, don't lean in on your own understanding. Don't, don't trust mm. in yourself because, dude, that's going to set you up to fall. Yeah. Instead, just trust in God's plan for you. And, and I, I mean, I don't want to quote that as a cop-out. I just want to say that God's going to allow trials because those are the things that are going to grow us. Yeah. If all we had is success, and I've said this a zillion times, if you ask people, hey, when did you grow the most in your relationship with the Lord? I have yet to hear a person say, well, I did that Bible study and it was, you know, I mean, those are great. Mm-hmm. And those are phenomenal. But I mean, person after person <laughs> after person... When did you really grow the most? It's when I went through this trial. Yeah. It's when God allowed this thing in my life and I had to quit trusting in myself and lean in on him. Yeah. So Yeah, that was I mean, that was my story. There's I mean, there was a time in in my life and my marriage and it was like, All right, God, I've done everything that I can think to do. Yeah. And I know you're wanting me to yeah. do this one thing. And, and I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Well, all right, fine. I'll do it your way. And and if it fails, like fine. Like, but it's on you, it's not on me. And it was like, oh, who'd have thought that was the thing that saved my marriage? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I, I remember having a very similar moment driving in my old 76 Ford pickup and, and just literally cursing God and, and saying, that's it. I'm going to do this on my own. And just the, the the uneasiness I felt was like, did I just say that out loud? Because that is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not the thing. You know? And God, in his grace, you know, saying, there's a better way for you to do this. Just yeah. lean in on me. Quit trying to do it all on your own. Yeah. So. Yeah. Defining moments. <laughs> um, why do you think idolatry is such an issue? Yeah, uh, and that, like throughout history, it seems like there's always been idolatry. I mean, it, it talks about in the Bible of Moses went up on the mountain and came back and was like, "What are you guys doing?" Like, um, so when we had a great question with idolatry, the idolatry issue is that it's just too easy. You know, um, I think part of the the thing that we struggle with is that we want to follow kind of our own heart and we just want the things that we want. And again, scripture tells us over and over to die to the, ourselves in that. But it really is like, what am I going to trust? Following my own heart and the things that I think are going to bring me joy yeah. are, are following the heart of the one who created me to in his image to, to have abundant life. And that's the issue. And, and really it comes down to the kind of the, the core issue of idolatry. I'm never, I mean, like, I hope folks don't take that, you know, away saying you can't have a football team that you like, or you can't do this or that or whatever. God's wired you in a certain way. You you probably have an affinity towards certain things like that. The whole issue with idolatry is, do I elevate those things above? Yeah. Really, am I trying to replace God with that thing? Yeah. And so that's, you know, and, and to the heart of the question that we got is it okay to have you know other idols if you don't put them above Jesus? And I would say no, because as soon as you use the word idol, that's part of the definition. <laughs> yeah, is that I am going to elevate that thing above, and, and so that's really the trick. The, the great passage in Matthew says, "You know, see God first; He'll take care of everything else." Mm-hmm. 
And in that, I think if you put God first, can you root for the 49ers? I mean, you might be silly to do it, but... Hey, hey. <laughs> only one of our teams is still in the playoffs, buddy. Ouch, that one hurts. But, but in even, that... Even your boy Baker Mayfield <laughs> bowed out. So, I was rooting anyway, for sorry. Baker, but what are you going to do? I was too. Anyway, um, go ahead, but, but in that, that's kind of the deal. You, you can't have other idols. I mm-hmm. mean, this becomes the issue because idolatry is the thing where, like, what by the very definition, you're yeah. going to try and put that above the Lord. And that's where I was really uh, impacted just even preaching through that. I know that I've made idols of things that people go, oh, no, that's a good thing. You know, you care for your family. Well, I do care for my family, but sometimes I've cared for them too much. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. placed them above my love for the Lord. And that's the part that's kind of scary in that. It's never that you can't have a hobby that you enjoy or yeah, a game yeah. that you play. Or, you know, I mean, that's fine. God has wired us to like those certain things. We got to keep them in perspective, and priority is really, really important. Yeah, so. it's always a thing of of trust. Really, is what yeah. I, I've kind of boiled it down to: is who do you trust to take care of you? Yeah, and you know, a, that's it's, well said. Yeah, whether it's money or whether mm-hmm. it's your family or whatever, it's like no, this is where my joy is going to come from. My joy is going to come from you know the Cleveland Browns, or it's going to come from the 49ers, or it's going to come from heaven forbid if you try to <laughs> get your joy from the Cleveland Browns. Man, the, the other week it, it stuck with me. Wesley was. Wesley's a smart guy. But Amen. Anyway, yeah. He said, uh, when you were going through your surgery, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I bet when you were recovering from your surgery, you weren't like, man, I'm really glad those Cleveland Browns won. <laughs> it, and it was just like, that is such a practical way of like, yeah. yeah, that's that's your, where's your hope? Where's your trust in the midst of, of trial? Yeah. Are you like, man, well, at least I can, you know, at least I, I at least I got a family. And it's like, no, because yeah. I mean, your wife's going to disappoint you. Your kids are going to get upset with you. Um, you know, your your money comes and goes, your health comes and goes, and it's like, what can you rely on? What is the firm foundation that will always be there, that is always consistent, that cares about you, that made you, that formed you? It's like, that's God. Yeah. But we trust in other things to provide for us, yeah. and that becomes those idols of, you know, where, where does my security come from? You know, we say, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. No, nah, it really comes from, insert blank. Yeah, well... And again, that's the dichotomy, and that's the hard part, because my help should mm-hmm. always come from the Lord. But but again, I mean, I don't want to call it a write-off. We are sinful people. We live in a fallen world. This is where we're going to struggle, and this is where we do need people who love us and will encourage us and hold us accountable to go, yeah. do you really understand? And Wesley's you know comment, and, and I know he said it tongue-in-cheek, he knows that I'm not trusting yeah. <laughs> in the Cleveland Browns for that, because that's foolish, yeah. you know, because all those things will let you down. The Browns more than other teams. Uh, we'll let you down, <laughs> and so that—that's kind of the idea. What what makes more sense? Yeah. You know, to is is the Lord my hiding place, my refuge, my my rock, and the, you know, those are the kind of things that. I, and again, you lean in on God's word for that reminder. He's yeah. always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, it goes it goes back to that what what Peter said. Like, where else am I going to go? Yeah. Like I, you are. You the have Christ. the words of life. Yeah. yeah. Like where where else could I go? Yeah. And and I've I've oh, fall back on that all the time. Yeah. Of just I get goosebumps thinking about that. That's yeah. that incredible. Just where, like, I mean, in in my own walk of of when I want to have other things give me joy, or yeah. I want to rely on other things, and I'm like, where else am I going to go? Like, what else has the the truth? What else has found? What else gives me love and grace and forgiveness and and guides me and and challenges me and accepts me. Like, it's, it's Jesus. Like makes that, sense. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the conversation we had a few weeks ago about the difference between happiness and joy and where the source of, the, of actual joy comes from. And, and again, I think we could even sketch it out. We can write it out on paper and say, yeah, that makes sense, but we don't practically live that way so much of the time. 
because of our fallenness. So yeah. it's a struggle. And again, I, I don't know how much we would accuse people. And and if I'm going to do something really pointed like that, I mean, like I want to point at myself and go, hey, I struggle in this too. But but again, I don't have a shrine to the Cleveland Browns. I just like the Browns. So yeah. I have all that stuff. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people have given me that stuff. That's really cool. Do I, do I, and I'm the one who has the ability to say that, do I make sure that I never elevate that mm-hmm. <laughs> above where it's supposed to be? Yeah. That's the issue. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, all right. Let's go on to the questions that we had. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank everybody who has uh, submitted questions, whether it was talking to me or... Yeah, we got them a lot in... of different ways this week, too, yeah. which was fun. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, if you would like to send in questions, you can always do so um, via email at... Uh, OCC podcast at lewistonocc.org. You can text or email that, or we have a Dropbox. You can write it in, or you can come find us and talk yeah. to us. And and, and and Pastor Brenton will record your conversation <laughs> and then send me the audio file and go. Here's a fun question. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to misinterpret no, it because he was like, I don't know how to say this. And I was like, Let me record it. So, all right, good. I'm going to steal your paper because yeah, yeah. I didn't write it down. So I'll. Um, all right, this one is from Larry. Mm-hmm. In all the places Paul preached, how many languages did he need to speak? Yeah, and that's a neat question, and I don't know that we spent a whole lot of time talking about that. You can proof text, and, and we'll get to them. There's still a couple of passages in Acts that would indicate for sure, and Paul was a learned guy. He was an educated guy. For sure, he knew Greek. For sure, he knew Hebrew. I would say you could also proof text that he knew Aramaic, which was um, something that that would have made sense for him to speak in both Greek and Hebrew. I would say it's likely that he knew Latin because he spent a bunch of time in Rome. Yeah, but I mean that one I can't guarantee. Like pig Latin is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Latin the language the people who lived in Rome spoke. Alofe Jesus yeah. Jay. <laughs> You actually speak some big Latin, I so, so I'm impressed by you. Um, no, the, the reality is, like I say, I, I'm, I'm just, it's kind of dangerous to make assumptions. People who live in America, you're like, oh, they speak English. You know, mm-hmm. Not everybody who lives in America does, but the people who spend any time living in Rome should have known Latin, so I would assume Paul did. So I would say probably four languages okay. that, that he spoke, You know, and, and that makes him a pretty smart guy to be fluent in four languages. Yeah. Um, there's a neat passage in 1 Corinthians 18. Uh, where Paul writes back to the church in Corinth, and then he says this, which a lot of people will misinterpret. He says, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than all you guys. And that's the one where you know he uses the actual word glossa, which means languages. And, and people have got into neat discussions about this. Well, what is the gift of tongues? Biblically, it's pretty clear it's the gift of being able to speak a language that you didn't learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the supernatural gift God gives you to be able to communicate. And Paul says, I got to do that more than all you guys. Yeah. And so how many languages did Paul speak? Heaven knows. But anytime God needed him to be able to converse with somebody to share God's plan, I think he gave him that language <laughs> at yeah. that time. Yeah. And that's phenomenal when you think about it. And again, that then leads to a neat conversation about where you land on or have the gifts ceased. Sure. If you're a cessationist, you know, or you're continuous, those gifts are still there. I have many friends who have gone and done neat foreign missions work, and they spent years in language training before they went to make sure they could communicate with people. Sure. I, I think it would be awfully neat if we still saw God doing this all the time. It's like, hey, I'm going to go to this tribe that I, you know, and I'm going to show up and God's just going to give me that language. But we don't see that. Yeah. So so in that, uh, does that mean that God could never do it? No, I'm never going to put God in that box. He could flat do it right now if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But Paul at that time had that gift. So 
I would say he spoke four languages conversationally and, and to write. And then I would say, heaven knows how many more he was able to speak. But anytime he needed to communicate with somebody to share the truth of God's word, God said, here you go, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> you can have this one as well. And that, again, that just puts Paul in a unique place to be able to be used by God to write half the New Testament, which we are yeah. the beneficiaries of today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but a great question, a neat question from Larry. How many languages do you personally speak? One. Yeah, just and, one. And, and I struggle with that one. I don't even have pig Latin. <laughs> I can say. I don't a few, know why that's so funny. Yeah, I can say a few things in Spanish and French I, on mission trips that I've been on. It, like every time I've gone, because I, I always end up going to Spanish speaking places, yeah. and I'm like, man, I'm going to get ready and I'm going to really prepare, and then I go and I know nothing. You know, like, yeah. hey, where's the bonos? Is really all I got? You know, and you're like, I'm an idiot. I should have spent. You know, but lately, you know, now you get Google Translate and you can, you know, so you mm. cheat and use stuff. But yeah, I remember going back in the day and going, I am such an idiot. I should have spent more time here. And I took I took two years of French, yeah, uh, one in high school and then one in college. Yeah. Got A's in both the classes. Couldn't couldn't speak, couldn't yeah. speak a no. lick of it. Yeah, yeah. don't took, know. Yeah, I yeah. literally took two years of French as well, and I can order an omelette du fromage. Où est la bibliothèque? Cheese, if, if cheese I, omelette. Yeah, if I learn where the library is, then I'll find the banos in the library. <laughs> It's all I got. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I offend people when I try to speak other languages, yeah. so it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, great. They're like, you should know this. I'm like, I, I don't. <laughs> Desolé. Sorry. That was, that was sorry in French. Yes, there yeah. we go. See? Anyway. All right. Here's another question. Uh, in this week's message, bleh, I can't read. In this week's message, James said that Paul did not read from Scripture while delivering his message. This raised a few questions for me. Mm-hmm. When Paul did quote Scripture, would it all be Old Testament? Yeah. And then number two, or do you want to answer that one first? No, we can take okay. both of them, yeah. Number two, much of the message that was being delivered was about Jesus. So was any of the New Testament written at this time? Thanks. And that was from Dave. Dave, yeah. Good questions, companion questions, and neat for us to try and put the timeline together in our mind. And so the first question, you know, and and, and again, that was where I, I probably should have been clearer. It's not that Paul literally read passages from the Old Testament to them, but what he was preaching was the message of the Old Testament. But that's all he would have had, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the timeline of how these things were playing out. So had he quoted Scripture, it would have been Scripture from the Old Testament, for sure. sure. The earliest gospel, uh, for sure, would have been Mark, and Mark would have been written at around the same time that the Acts of the Apostles could have, at its earliest date, been written maybe 62 AD through somewhere 80. Written or lived? Written. Okay. Yeah. But that's the trick. Back in the day, you didn't immediately write stuff down. And so while these things are going on, the Acts of the Apostles, Paul was writing letters all along. Like while he's in Corinth, we're going to catch him in Corinth this next week, he wrote the letter to the church at Thessalonica while he was sitting there in Corinth. So he's writing these things because he is writing letters literally to these churches he's planted because he's not going to be able to go visit them in person. And so he's literally writing these things that are going to be need instruction from the Lord, and, and obviously mm-hmm. they've been canonized, so they've, they've been determined to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Well, that's really, really important. The Gospels were not written until after that. Well, the Gospels were not written as letters to churches in the way that Paul was writing. They were really the eyewitness accounts of, hey, this is what Jesus was doing, and people didn't really write stuff down like that at that time. Yeah. Everything was carried through oral tradition. And so what you actually see, the, the reason guys started writing the Gospels down was like, dude, I'm going to die. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to make sure this story gets right. And, and it's like the game of telephone. I've told it before, but somebody might mess some of the details up. So let me get this down. Mm-hmm. The, the Gospel of John, probably not written till years after, certainly the last of the Gospel yeah, accounts. Yeah. And, and so it would have been years after. But John was there, right? He lived it and he saw it. Yeah, because so he, he wrote it late in his life. He's the guy who you would have wanted to write in that down. So, so to Dave's question, how much of it was written at the time, like the gospel accounts would not have been written. Mark might have been right there at the beginning of, of Acts. But as you follow the timeline along, like when we're encountering Paul right now in Athens and in Corinth, Mark hadn't even been written. By the end of the Acts of the Apostles, by the time we get to chapter 28, maybe Mark was written. You know, written and circul- circulated. Written, or? Yeah, and, well, and that's it. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's even a new question. Maybe just written because yeah. again, no printing press at the time. Like it went, when you literally had a scribe who, like you know, you'd write Mark, mm-hmm. and then somebody else was like, "Oh, I'd like a copy of that." Well, great, sit down and take, <laughs> and you're going to have to copy it letter for yeah. letter. And so that was a very difficult deal. And ag- again, remembering this was a, a group of people who most folks didn't even know how to read anyway. Yeah. And and so this is what you'd see as Paul was delivering letters. He'd write a letter to the church. They'd get the letter, and what would happen? They'd say, "Hey, everybody, get together!" And the guy who can read is going to read this letter in get front Bill of you. Get Bill over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so it's that kind of thing. So so to the heart of Dave's question, which is a great one. No, Paul wouldn't have been preaching anything from the New Testament at that time because the stories were about Jesus and the stories were being told, but they had not been written down yet. Gotcha. And so what Paul's talking about is things that he knew, things that he'd talked to people who had seen. He talks about eyewitness accounts of things. You know, I mean, those were people who literally lived that, but likely, well, I mean, I, I can almost guarantee none of that stuff had been yeah. written down. Now, again, Paul starts writing letters, uh, the letter to the church at Galatia, probably the earliest of the letters he'd written, and that would have predated... The, the Acts of the Apostles being written, mm-hmm. but it would have been occurring during that continuous timeline. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing. It's it's hard for us to you know two thousand years later to see how those things play together. But yeah. but to answer Dave's question, no, n- none of the New Testament would have really been written at that point in time, and certainly not circulated. Yeah, but he did interact with. Yeah. I mean, if you read the Book of Galatians, I'm yeah. actually going through that right now. Yeah, and he talks about how he would go away. And before he even started all his stuff, that he talked to Peter, he talked to James, the brother of Christ. And so he did interact with those apostles. Yeah. Well, and you remember that we were talking about that early on when none of those guys, none of the original disciples trusted Paul mm-hmm. because of Paul's you know, serious persecution of the church yeah. and whether he killed Christ followers or not. But when he went to go, oh, dude, now I'm on your team, they were like, nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he had those interactions with those yeah. guys. Yeah. They just had not been written down yet. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the thing. You know, I mean, is that the thing that would make it? true that it finally got written down? No, it, it was true the second it happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, again, those, those are neat questions. They're just hard for us to wrap our mind around because we just don't, you know, think about the things. And again, I'm not blaming the internet for everything in the world. But anymore, the second something happens, we learn about it. I mean, there's people waiting to write those stories and they get posted instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, this is different from even 20 years ago when somebody would write a news story and it'd show up in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. Now it's there just immediately. Well, that was certainly not the case back in Paul's day. Yeah. But but it is neat to follow that timeline and see. And, and it really points to something, and we talk about this a good bit, but maybe not enough. Like, it's cool to read the Bible. We, everybody should read the Bible. <laughs> is that going to be the title of the, <laughs> no, of the podcast this week? It's cool to read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. It's so beneficial for us. But, but I've just always told people, hey, when you read the Bible, read until you have a question, and then go and answer the question. 
And this is the, and I've talked about this before, and I don't know what liberty, what kind of what they taught as a Bible study method, but but it's observation, correlation, interpretation, application. Like just read it and go, hey, what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, answer the who, what, when, where, why questions. And then you correlate the other scripture because there are so many things that you learn. And like I was really just geeking out on this at, at the start of, of this next chapter as Paul goes into Corinth. It just goes, well, Paul showed up in Corinth. Well, then you read the letters he wrote to the other churches and like, dude was in a bad way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he was broke and he was lonely and he was discouraged, but it doesn't say that at the beginning of Acts chapter 18, but you got to go back and you can put that together through correlating these other passages. Well, once you do that, then you can arrive at the proper interpretation of what God is trying to, hey, what did he mean to this group of people at the time he was right? And that's the real interpretation. And then we're still not done. We have the most important part. What are you going to do about it today? How are you going to live yeah. it? You know. So putting all those things together, it really does kind of create the timeline and the question kind of Dave is asking, the question Larry's asking, hey, as Paul was out doing this, which language does he speak? Well, that's not always immediate. You have to go in and find yeah. that. Yeah. And so that, that to me is the fun part of Bible study, putting yeah. all those pieces together. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. Question number three. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Michaela, right? Yeah. Yes. Michaela, uh, I wanted to further discussion about idols, especially after you brought up football. Are idols okay as long as we always keep God at the forefront? Exodus 23 says, thou shall have no other gods before me. Does that mean that people can have other gods as long as one true God comes first? Can you clarify? Yeah. And I think that's such a, a valid, valid question. And again, we kind of talked about it a little bit before. Um, to, and, and I love that she referenced scripture in it. To her point, could we have other gods, even though she wrote lowercase g gods? No. <laughs> you can't have yeah. other gods before God because there's only one God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the whole idea of that. I, and I've made jokes about that, and it's probably not even a funny joke. But but I, I think I've said this you know to you before. Gosh, you know you're my beard growing idol. If I if Scripture <laughs> said that I could have idols, you know, well Scripture says I can't have idols. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole idea. So I don't even know that I want to make jokes about that. That just doesn't make sense. And that really, it's a matter of the heart. Mm-hmm. Do I put God first, and then do I trust Him for everything else? And if I do, then it doesn't mean that I can't, you know, enjoy a, a, a football team or yeah. a, a hobby that I have. You know. I have a dear friend who is huge into scuba diving, and it's become like he just got certified as an instructor. He's doing all these kind of things like that. And like he has struggled before going, man, you know, I traveled to get to do this, and now people pay me to travel to teach it. And, and have I elevated this above my love for the Lord? And, and like he's honest and he's going, eh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that something that most people think about? I'm going to make scuba diving my God. No. But this guy's living this day yeah. in and day out. It's providing lots of neat opportunities for him. That's where he's got to check his heart. You know? yeah. and, and so th- there's a kind of a clear-cut answer. Can we have other gods? No. And, and that's the heart of what Moses is talking about there in Exodus. And that, that's the heart of what you see, honestly, through a lot of the, the Old Testament. Um, Dagon, the god that gets knocked down a couple different times, Baal and the prophets and, and try and light the fire. All those things are about, you should quit trying this. Yeah. <laughs> you should quit trying to elevate other <laughs> things above the one true God. This isn't going to c- turn out well for you. Yeah. And that's that should be kind of the takeaway for us in that. But a, a good, good question. You know, and, and that's the thing. I think everybody has to check their own heart on that. Yeah. What is the thing that I am in danger of elevating above the Lord? Yeah. Is it my family? Is it my profession? Is it my title? Is it my financial security? Whatever. Because there's a lot of stuff that we can put in that spot. Yeah. None of it good. Yeah. It's, it, I'm just going through the Rolodex of all my yeah. life and just, all right, is that, is that, uh, you know, again, I, I go back to, for me, it's, it's a trust issue where, yeah. where it is my, 
where does my trust come from? And, uh, or where's my trust lying? I should say. And it's like, yeah, if it's in something else, then I've, it's, I've it's, immediately lost it. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. And I need to, I need to cut it off. Like I need to, you know, gouge out that or cut, what was it? Cut off your left yeah, hand or whatever. If it causes you to sin, mm-hmm. like that's how vigilant we need to be to make sure that yeah. only God gets our worship. Not, we can't enjoy other things. Like I enjoy my family. I enjoy, yeah, of course, of course, I enjoy a good Niners game when they whoop up on the, the Packers. I don't want to say whoop up. They didn't whoop up, but no, yeah, they won. Escaped by the skin of their teeth, but still, <laughs> hey, but still, they I, won. I enjoy it, <laughs> but if they lost, if it's not like that's going to ruin my world. No. And my, I said to say, my brother is is a big football fan, mm-hmm. and when his team loses, it ruins like the day. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> early was actually teasing me, and she's like, "If the Niners lose, are you going to be like your brother?" And you're just going to just you know have like it's like nobody can talk to you, nobody can text you. And I was like. No, I think I'll be okay. I mean, I'll be sad, yeah. but I think I'll be okay. And uh, it's just like, are you are you able to remove that thing from your life, and and is it going to affect you? Like, if it is, then that might be an idol. That might be something that you're holding on to tightly, and it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. But mm-hmm. if if that is something that you're like, no, I can't live without this, that's probably an idol. Yeah, that that's going to reveal what your heart is on that. Yeah, yeah, mm, tough. Uh, All right. The last question, yeah, is when you are sharing the gospel, this is from our friend Rick, Mm -hmm. when you are, I'm going to try to formulate it because he, this is the one I recorded. So I'm going to try, if I mess it up, you can kind of clean it up. It was a good question. It was just a very long question because he he was, he was practically walking through, hey, here's where I've struggled. Yeah. Yeah. So he would share the gospel with somebody and then they're resistant. And he's like, when do I stop? When do I pull back? When do I just walk away? When, When do I know when to do that? I think that was such a neat question, and it was on my mind because you sent it to me last night, and then as I was reading the passage uh, for this next week in there, you know, Paul literally, he goes to the synagogue as he always does, he meets resistance as he always does, Mm -hmm. and he kind of says, dude, I've done my part, he says, I'm clean, like, I I went and presented the gospel, I can't save anybody anyway, this is all on you, Yeah. and I think sometimes we do have that, man, I'm just going to throw my hands up, because it is frustrating sometimes. The example I always think of, and, and... this is just a super tough one for me, but um, my dad was a guy who, to the best of my knowledge, never professed faith in Christ. He certainly didn't in any way that I would have ever seen, but um, like he got frustrated with me for sharing the gospel with him. And if anybody should have been able to clearly see the, the change in my life, mm-hmm. it, was my, <laughs> it yeah. was my dad. Because you know, I was a goofy mess growing up, and then I got into more of a mess when I got busted drinking underage. He was my phone call when I was in jail. You know I mean? Like he, he knew, you know, all the stuff. He knew everything. I don't want to get into a lot of gory details, but he knew all that stuff. And so when I gave my life to Christ and cleaned up and straightened up and, and got married and, and started going to church and wound up in young life ministry and wound up, you know, like nobody should have recognized, well, this seems real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so as I was burdened to share the gospel with my dad, like I did it several times. And he finally literally said to me one day, I don't want you to ever do that again. I, mm-hmm. I, like I'm tired of hearing that story. And he, you know, went off on why he didn't think God was real, and you know, and and it was tough. It was a hard, hard deal. Well, then he ended up with cancer, you know, and, and he's on his his deathbed. He's on hospice, and and in the back of my mind, I'm like, he asked me to never <laughs> share that with him again. Number one, he can't fight me. He's <laughs> he's laying in the bed, but I was like, I've got to do it. Like I mean, like this may be his last chance to hear the gospel, and I know he's heard it before. And so I shared it with him again, and he didn't get mad or upset or anything. He didn't have a lot of strength left either. But like I shared it with him again, he didn't choose to profess faith in Christ. 
Rick's question is great. When do you stop? You know, because you have to balance all those things. I can't save anybody anyway. That's not my yeah. gig. But I know I'm supposed to be an ambassador, and yet we see examples in Scripture. This next week, Paul goes, dude, I've done it. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I did my part. I was obedient to share. Literally, as Jesus is sending the disciples out two by two to go to the surrounding villages, he's like, if they don't you know, respond, shake the dust, move on to the next one. And so there are passages, and I don't want to make that one prescriptive, <laughs> but, but there are passages where you're like, dude, I, I did the part. I, like, I shared. Yeah. You know? And we have to think about in Paul's great ministry where he says, you know, some plant and some water and, and God gets the glory. You know, my job's not to make sure you respond right now to the gospel presentation. Yeah. It's to maybe plant that seed and the next guy who comes through gets to see you profess faith in Christ because yeah. it's not about us. It's yeah. not about me. To that, I want to be more practical. I love Rick and, and the heart behind his question. Don't give up too easy. Like, you know, just because you meet a little resistance doesn't mean you got to stop. Yeah. But do be discerning enough to go, dude, now I'm just wrecking my opportunity. You know, like I'm not, I'm not building a bridge to be able to share the gospel on later. I'm wrecking the chance that this guy might ever talk to me again. Yeah. And that's the part where you have to be discerning. Yeah. And I think you were really wise, even just as, as I was listening to your interaction with him, you know, you're trying to coach him a little bit on that. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to wreck a relationship and that person's never going to want to hear from you again, yeah, you've gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I did that with my my little brother. Yeah. Uh, my little brother is still LDS, and man, when I I, w- I want to say first became Christian, but I still did it when I was in Utah. So, no, it, it's been a while. But um, I would have conversations with him, and me being me, I have the personality of I'm right, and you're going to know I'm right, yeah. and I'm going to tell you I'm right until you agree with me. <laughs> and you're, you're saying that's the way you think? Wow. Yeah, yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> You'd have never thought. <laughs> so odd. <laughs> so out of character for you. Uh, my wife's listening to this going, yep, yep, that is that is." Oh, him. no, no, that's Britain. I know. <laughs> um, I know this one. But like, it was to the point that every time we would talk, and he's a little bit like me too, but he's also, like, he knows how to push my buttons. You know, like the person that knows how to push your buttons? He knows how to push it. Growing up, that was my brother. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. He's my little brother. So yeah. Um, but we would talk. And we would get so heated and it got to the point that I was like, man, if I continue this, I'm never going to talk to my brother again. Like we can't even talk about like benign things. Mm -hmm. Like we have to talk about, um, like we have to be able to talk. I mean, he's my little brother. And so I had to choose to be like, Hey man, I'm I'm like, well, we can't do this right now. Like I, I can't, I can't have this conversation. And, and since then, like we've been able to talk and I, I, you know, I try to pour into him and listen to his life. And, but I think that, it's still kind of damaged just because of of how like no I'm not going to give up like you have to accept it now and it was it was sharing the gospel at the expense of the relationship yeah. and yeah. my own heart and my yeah. own spirit that's well and said. and I I had to back off and be like look I I've planted seeds mm-hmm. they might have been terribly planted but they're there and I I can't be the one to water them God has to do it yeah um and so I, I think. That may not be again. I don't want that to be prescriptive. I, I think if you know the person and you're like, no, I, I still feel like God's telling me I can share, yeah. then share. Exactly. You know. But if uh, at that point in that relationship, I was like, I need to, I need to back off because this is affecting me. It's affecting my family. Um, like I'm staying up. Like I'm writing text messages that are like you know 50 pages long, yeah. just in response, and it was just unhealthy. Yeah. No, there, there's a, a part where you ask, dude, am I, am I building bridges or am I lighting fires? You know, that I'm not going to be able yeah. to get this back. <laughs> and, and it is, it, it would be a different thing, I guess, if, if we were, you know, tasked with that responsibility. Hey, Brenton, you got to save that person. 
No, that's that's not the way that works. God truly, and come back to our passage, God is the one, he's there. And we may be searching for him and we can't feel like we're finding him, but he's right there. Yeah, and he is drawing us to himself, and he is pursuing us, and and so in that, he's the one who saves. Yeah, period. But but again, there's such a, a clear task that we are supposed to be as ambassadors. We are supposed to be the hands and feet, and, and so in that, I, I think it would be wiser. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm trying to just search for what's the 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 right answer for Rick in that. Mm-hmm. We'd be wiser if if we have discernment and we feel like, man, what I'm really doing now is is, is making this worse. Yeah, to pull back and go. I'm going to hold off on this for a bit. I've planted the seed. Let's see what God does. And it doesn't mean that you don't care about that person. It doesn't mean you're still not praying for them. But you're the, you know, hey, we're not going to talk about this for a while because I know this is upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's still okay. That's yeah. st- and could easily still be part of God's sovereignty. Well, plan. that's loving the other person. Well, and uh, yeah, because yeah, you don't want to just, well, I'm going to keep, I feel yeah. good about it. So I'm just going to keep beating you up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, neat questions this week. Man, that was fun. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, it's a record-breaking, it's a new life record. <laughs> it's uh, very exciting. Four questions. That's great. Yeah. Thank you guys for doing that. Thank you for sending in. Thank you for pulling me aside and all the all the work yeah. you guys are putting in and really just paying attention and interacting with with what we're doing here at OCC. And, and I'll cool. try to preach better next week, but if you still want to send in the questions, that's okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you do a great job, James. God bless. Yeah. It's it's good. It's great. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's shift to next week or this week, not next week, this week. It is this week. Yeah. So, okay. Here's, here's our question. This is really weird, mm-hmm. but I have an argument and you're going to solve it. This is my marriage argument. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yeah. No I'm going to take, I'm going to take Erlene's side no matter what. No, no, no. Okay. So <laughs> I say this week uh-huh. and there's next week, Yeah. but next week it could be this week. Depending on where you right? are in the week. Okay. Yeah. So my my argument is, and this is totally off topic. So if I need to cut this, that's totally fine. But if you're driving down the street yeah. and you're you're coming up to street A, and then the next one or the one beyond that is mm-hmm. street B. And somebody says, take the next street, which do you exit? I mean, just by technically the definition, it should be A. You know, because that Dang is the it. next street coming up. Dang it. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, that's no, that's this one. Yeah. In my mind, it's yeah. I, I see a, where you're going. I really a do is, see where you're going. Is yeah. this? But if you're still short of A, and they say take the next street, then just by definition, yeah, yeah. I, I know. But that's like that. No, that's the, that's the next one is <laughs> yeah. the one after this one. So I, I see where you're going. Anyway, I do. so so I was on early inside. You were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Next week, next weekend, <laughs> your next sermon. This coming sermon. Yes. Yeah. This coming next sermon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be preaching to? That is, that's Paul leaving Athens, going to Corinth, um, where we see a lot of, and, and it's kind of neat as we go through this new kind of series, the different series. He's just running into, I think, maybe one of the toughest times in his ministry. And again, we have to correlate some other passages to see it. But I think it's okay for us to go, hey, even though Paul is my you know, New Testament idol, I think he's a hero. He's a guy who struggles just as we do. And, and he's a guy, honestly, I'll, I'll, I think I'll make the case if I feel like I, I can fit it in there correctly. Like, I think he's ready to start giving up because in the middle of this passage, he gets a, a message from the Lord saying, dude, you can't be silent. You got to keep doing this. You know, well, if the Lord tells you you can't be silent, that means you're going, I think I'm going to be silent. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so th- there's a, a huge encouragement from the Lord in this. And then it's not just, hey, the Lord said do this. He provides for Paul in a lot of other ways. He gives him some friends. He gives him some protection he, from his enemies. He gives him some provision in, in financial security. And, and so you just see God answering these things that I think were really weighing on Paul. So again, neat because we're switching venues. And, and But in this, I think you really see Paul as a person. And, and yeah, we, we tend to romanticize, you know, Paul went on these missionary journeys and, and he almost died and it was amazing and he did this. Well, yeah, he went on these missionary journeys and he almost died. <laughs> and he just kept answering the call. And I've said that many times. I was like, that third time I got almost killed, I'd be like, I think I'm going to check out. Yeah. And so Paul's a real guy. And I, and I always ask us, hey, kind of put yourself in that spot and, and imagine these things. And I'm not trying to overly sensationalize the emotion or the feelings. Yeah. I just want us to have some emotion and feelings. Paul's a real person and yeah. going through this. And when we read it on paper, I think sometimes we miss that. So if you say, hey, can you put yourself in those shoes? Well, then you're going to put your perspective and, and you know all the things that we deal with into that and realize this was tough. This was a tough time for Paul. Yeah. And so I hope in some ways, and again, I haven't written a word at this yet. I'm still researching. But I hope in some ways this humanizes Paul for us a little bit. And we realize, dude, he was out there just trying to do the thing God wanted him to do, and it was a difficult thing. Yeah, so. yeah. How can we... Uh... How can we pray for you, or how can we prepare for? Well, and I, and I appreciate so much, uh, the, and, and goodness, even especially coming through my knee thing. There's so many folks I know who are praying, and, and we're encouraged. I was able to stand on the stage without a crutch this week, but but in that, I hope we take into account. Paul did encounter tons of different people in tons of different places, speaking tons of different languages, in tons of different places regarding where they were in their knowledge of or relationship with the Lord. And he was always trying to seek, God, what's the best way for me to be used by you? And I think that's a question we got to ask. We, we run into so many things where, where we talk about it and we give a little bit of headspace to it. How do I talk to a person who's struggling with addiction? How do I talk to a person who is struggling with gender identity or dysphoria? And, and, and the reality is we got to know something about him. Mm-hmm. And we got to care about their eternal destiny. Yeah. <laughs> or otherwise we're going to be the person who, well, I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to point him to the Bible. You know, is winning the argument the most important thing? Well, not. It's not even on the radar <laughs> of them knowing Jesus forever. Yeah. So, are we going to have the heart Paul does? And and again, I, I don't know how much time I can spend on it. But one of the neat things you see, and and of course it shows up because it's in the second letter back to the church at Corinth. Paul talks about going through all this stuff and being shipwrecked and being you know snake bit and being almost beat to death and all these things, and he says you know aside from all that you know and I'm like dude that's a lot yeah <laughs> you know? he says aside from all that I bear this burden for all these churches that he planted so we'd go to these places and plant a church and then it wasn't like good luck God bless you see you later go get him Tiger he he had a heart for these people that he met and talked to and planted these churches his heart was a pastor's heart. And that's one of the things we talk about a lot. Like, we can't write anybody off. Like, our, our, our goal is to help present that person complete in Christ. And that's a real burden. Mm-hmm. And, and I know probably not everybody gets that, but I mean, like, if we really do invest well in people relationally, we should have a, a heart for them, a concern for them. And Paul did, for sure. So, a neat passage. Again, I think it kind of helps us see Paul was a real guy. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. A, lot of, a lot of prayer for that, to, to be able to recognize the differences in people. And that you'll preach better. And of course, that yes. I would preach better. Good, good prayer always. <laughs> wow. Oh, don't fire me. Uh, that is all the time we have for this week. Uh, thank you for, for doing this 
with us, and uh, we we just we're so thankful for just the your ear being able to to speak into your lives and and answer questions and just be the church to you in just another form. So thank you so much. If you would like to join us, uh, you can join us in person or even online. Um, Online would be lewistonocc.org, uh, or you can find us if you just type in Lewiston OCC on YouTube um, or even on Facebook. We, we broadcast the services live. Services are at 9 and 1030 on Sunday mornings and then Monday night at 7. Uh, hope to see you there. Um, otherwise, know that you are so loved by God and us here at OCC. We love you guys. God bless.